Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Unity FM 93.5. You're tuned into Parenting Hour on Unity FM 93.5. Again, another Tuesday evening in this uh, cold and wet weather. But alhamdulillah, we are grateful to be alive. Grateful, alhamdulillah. Thank Allah that we're all here and having our health and able to do the show again with you in this lovely new year. I hope that it's uh, a blessing for you all, inshallah, and that whatever you're doing, that you are able to achieve what it is, your intentions, your New Year's resolutions, that you're starting to achieve them, inshallah. I know at this time of the year, a lot of people may be thinking about moving houses or moving businesses, and that's kind of what happens around this time of the year. And because of that, we have a a very good guest in the studio, very qualified and experienced person. His name is Azhar Sharif. I'm sure some of you may know him. He used to work in Property Link as a surveyor, and I'm sure he'll tell you more details about himself, inshallah, in a few minutes. Welcome, Brother Azhar. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, Catherine. Good to have you here in the studio, mashallah. Thank you for giving up your busy time to be here with us. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks very much for inviting me. MashaAllah. If listeners have a call that you want to call into the studio or want to email in, please call our usual number 0121-772-8892 and our email is studio at unityfm.net. If you're not listening in in Birmingham, you may be tuned in to listen to us down in Luton in Inspire FM 105.1. Thank you very much for tuning in down there. Or some of our listeners are listening to us on the website or on the new app that Unity FM have. So there's lots of ways of tuning in to us. And we'd like to thank all our listeners, for our, especially our regular listeners who are always tuned in either on Tuesday evenings or on Sunday mornings for the repeat show. OK, let us get into... What we should be doing about property and property links. So, maybe we'll just start. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself first, and uh, what inspired you to come into this field. Okay, many years ago, um, Mm. when I not that many, not that many years. Alhamdulillah. (laughs) Alhamdulillah. I was I completed my O levels and A levels like like you do some years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I was always interested in real estate property. Mm -hmm. Um, Back in. I went to I went to Loughborough University, right? Yeah, and I studied um, civil structure engineering, mm-hmm. which which I graduated, mashallah. mashallah. And from there on, I thought I would spend more time in um, estate management mm-hmm. in real estate. I thought, well, I've always loved property, so why not become an expert or professional in the field? So I went on to um, I think Birmingham City University, mm-hmm. and when I got my second degree in estate management. And three years thereafterwards, I qualified back in 1996. I'm giving my age away now mm-hmm. um, as a chartered surveyor. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also a chartered building engineer, um, a structure engineer. So I've got a few years behind me. Mm-hmm. I spend most of my time now in um, real estate, property investment, mainly in commercial, but also some residential. And if I can help anyone, that, that's, that's what I, I intend to do. Mashallah, really? and I know yeah. outside of this, you do a lot of charity work as well in helping people. Yeah, Mashallah, Alhamdulillah, I try to do as much as we can. We all need a good balance in our lives, and that's what I try to do. Mashallah, we'll come back to that before the end of the show yes. to find out a little bit more about oh, that. Also, Mashallah. Oh, thank you. So, tell us a bit about mm. structural engineering and building surveillance and all of this. Is are you outside in fields and muddy boots all the time, <laughs> going up and down ladders and with measuring tapes? You know, it all depends on, on what you do. Um, surveying is a pretty wide profession. Mm-hmm. You could be stuck in the office doing drawings, or you could be out and about 
there's all types of surveyors, whether you're valuing property, whether you're surveying property, um, whether you're looking at commercial property, whether you're looking at houses. Mm-hmm. It all depends on, on what you need. So mm-hmm. really, the, the field is very, very diverse. Mm-hmm. I mean, previously, um, if you ring up a surveyor, you'll either get a valuation report and if you're buying your house, say. Mm-hmm. Uh, very important, if you're buying a house, you can get a valuation report, mm-hmm. which is mostly done for the mortgage companies or mm-hmm. the lenders or the banks. Or you can get a private valuation done, which is getting more popular nowadays. Or you can get a home buyer report done, which gives a general overview of the condition of the property. Um, also give an indication of market value, so you know what you're paying for the property. Okay. Also, you can get a building survey, which really is, or a structural survey, which really is in more depth of a property, which will diagnose problems and give an indication of the cost to put a property right, if there's any structural defaults. Mm. So really there's quite a few angles. Um, Sometimes it's a bit of a minefield for someone who's buying a property for the first time. But it's very, very important that you obtain some form of survey. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're buying a property, the first thing most people do nowadays is agree a price Mm. with an estate agent, subject to contract, they say, which really means it's all subject to signing a contract mm-hmm. so even if you some people sometimes get a bit confused they're buying a property for say £100,000 say it's on the market for 110 they offer £110,000 mm. um, they, they'll normally put an offering for £110,000 or around that kind of price mm-hmm. then what tends to happen is you'll get a valuation you'll get a valuation done from a surveyor yeah or whether he's a member of the RICS which is the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors or you can go to other professional bodies mm. which is which are so long as they have their own professional indemnity insurance to cover against any any problems, mm. any mistakes that they may make. So you are covered. So just to understand, if you were to buy a property for, say, £110,000 and the estate agent was asking for £110,000, it's very important to realise you, you're not stuck to that because you're not a professional. You're mm. not seen as a professional. If you get a survey done, so many times we've valued properties um, for, cl- for potential clients in the past, Whereas they're buying properties for 110,000, um, but then you'll find that it's only worth 90,000. Mm-hmm. So, and that happens quite commonly. It can ha- also happen the other way around. Mm-hmm. They've offered a, a, a lower price, but it's worth more. Mm-hmm. But, but in reality, estate agents are working for the sellers or the vendors. Yeah. So it's very important to understand that um, point. And more importantly, when you get a survey done, try to get a. Um, more detailed survey and make sure the survey is headed to yourself. Okay, so there's a lot of information you've yes, just given now yes, there in, the, yes. in, in our first few minutes of the show and I'm going to go back over that again because it was really a, a lot there and I'm just trying to absorb it in myself and I'm sure our <laughs> listeners who are trying to drive as well can't get it all in. So, um, let's, for, you mentioned about qualifications. So, will we go back to that first before we go to different types of survey? The person needs to be qualified. That means they need to be registered with the RI... RICS, CS. which is the main professional body for evaluation, which is a Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors. Right. There's also other professional bodies for... Other professional, so they need to be registered yes. with a professional body. And how would you know that? You'd, you'd know that by looking at the initials after the name. You can always cross-check that by ringing up the institution. Mm. Normally for the RICS, Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors, you'd be looking for MRICS. MRICS, that's yes. a member of... Yes, mm-hmm. the, 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 a member of the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors. Mm-hmm. Or there's other professional bodies like, like the Chartered Institution of Building Engineers. Mm-hmm. It's, they're also well-recognised. 
to carry out professional work. The main ingredient here, Kath, is the whole idea of going to a professional and mm. paying for a service is that you're paying a professional to provide you a service where there's comeback because they have an insurance called professional indemnity insurance mm-hmm. and that is the key element here. If you go to anybody who's not qualified, who was not a member of the um, one of these professional bodies, yeah. you will not be protected against any mistakes that may mm-hmm. have been made or any faults that were missed out. Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely critical that you go to a professional body, pay the fee, it always works out much cheaper and it's cost effective in the long run and plus you're safeguarded when you come to sell the property in the future. And would you just Google in or would you, is there somewhere else you can find these uh, yeah. surveyors? I think you would just type um, Chartered Surveyor or Chartered Building Engineer Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to any, there's quite a few firms or you can just type in RICS or Qualified Surveyors, okay. RICS Surveyors in the vicinity where you want the survey doing. Yeah. Um, and that will give you, there's quite a few surveyors operating up and down the country. Okay. I think there's 75,000 surveyors. Oh, mashallah. There's so quite, a lot of choice have. there. Yes, yes. Is there ones that are specialised in business properties and ones that are specialised in home properties? Yeah. Generally speaking, um, surveyors tend to specialise in one or one of two of the areas. You mm-hmm. can go to commercial surveyors who tend to be the generally the bigger firms. Um but then you can go to, but the big firms also focus on residential property. Mm-hmm. So really a s- surveyor, it's all based on his exper- his or her's experience. Mm-hmm. So, so long as a surveyor will not carry out any work unless they felt they were appropriately qualified or experienced. Mm-hmm. So generally qualifications are similar, but it's all based around the experience that one obtains mm-hmm. during their training period. I mean, to qualify as a surveyor, you're normally looking at, after A-levels, you'll be going to university for three to four years. Okay. And after that, you'd be spending an additional two to three years to qualify as a surveyor, mm-hmm. which really which involves professional examinations and an interview, mm-hmm. you know, with well-supervised experience. So, you know, you've got good qualified surveyors out there, very mm-hmm. good professional bodies. Out there, indeed, yes, yeah. 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 And so you'll easily find one in your area then, so they don't have to come across town yeah. or things no, like that. No, no problem at all. You can, you can just type in a surveyor in Birmingham, for instance, mm. Um, you can put, or you can type in a residential surveyor mm. or a home buyer report, okay. the type of reports that you need. And if your um, estate agent suggests a surveyor, uh, is that wise to go with the one they suggest or is it better to get your own independent one? Okay, just bear one thing in mind. The estate agent has been employed, or well, has been commissioned by the seller, the vendor mm-hmm. in the profession, to sell the property on their behalf. So really... In my experience, I would advise that they go for, they find their own surveyor because the surveyor could be conflicted. Mm -hmm. Um, If they're working for the estate and you're selling the property for a seller, but he's also doing a survey for you, it's a bit of a conflict of interest in my my experience. Mm -hmm. I would try to avoid that. Get your own surveyor, independent. Very good advice indeed. That's really, really good advice to have, Mm -hmm. to get your own independent one because of, uh, to avoid any conflict of interest there. That's that's a good idea. So we've got our surveyor, we know he's qualified now, and now we're thinking of, okay, what kind of a survey do I need? So, again, if we can just uh, go through each one of the surveys that you mentioned before, one by one. Okay. Very, very simple. It all depends on the property. In principle, I'll give you a general general kind of guide. If the, if the property is very modern, mm-hmm. say five, ten years old, pretty new, 
you'd want to keep it very, very simple. You could probably go for, say, a home by report, which which keeps it very simple. Because mm-hmm. um, if you bear in mind, properties that are generally under 10 years old are normally covered by the NHBC um, warranty, mm-hmm. guarantee from the house builder, or similar by independent bodies. Yeah. Um, if the property is over 30 years old, I think I would recommend um, building surveys or structural reports. Mm-hmm. Generally, properties that are over 30 years old may may need a bit more inten- attention on structu- potential structural defects. So, in principle, in generally speaking, if it's under 30 years old, go for a home buy report. If it's over 30 years old, go for a full building survey or a structure report. Some call it in the industry. Mm-hmm. A structure report, the difference, main difference is on a structure report where well, it's different from a home buyer report. Uh, yep. A home buyer report generally covers a general condition of the property and gives a market value. A structure report will identify any defects and also give a specification of works, um, highlight the problems and also give an indication of how to repair the problems and give you a costing how to repair it. A home buyer report will be more general, mm-hmm. saying that further investigation is required. So we class the structure report as a scheme three, meaning okay. it's a most detailed report. Right, so maybe you should go for thinking of that first if you could afford. Is there a difference in cost? Yeah, generally you'll find a. It's not a massive difference, but it can vary. Um, on a property for say around hundred fifty thousand pounds, mm. a home buy report could be anywhere between two hundred fifty pounds up to seven eight hundred pounds, depending on the survey. There's a big variation out there. You need to shop around and check, but also look at the credentials of the firm that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at a structure report, it tends to be a bit more specialised. Um, the fee could be anywhere from £350 up to £1,000. But again, it all depends on what you want. But in principle, the average price for a survey, I would say, expect to spend around four to £600. Okay. Well, that's good advice to yeah. have that mm-hmm. a bit uh, amount of money in your pocket beforehand and to think about that. Yeah. It's, qu- it's quite a lot of money when yeah. you're trying to buy a house and you forget. It's yeah, Kathy. Mm. It's it's a lot of money, mm. but it's also not a lot of money. Yes, in, no, it's in, not in, in the bigger opinion, terms. Yeah. When I look back, mm. when you're buying a property for one hundred fifty thousand pounds, mm. you'll spend so much on legal fees. Mm-hmm. You'll pay money for insurance, but really to spend a few hundred pounds on a home buy report, structure report, I've seen so many times over my last twenty years of experience, mm-hmm. where where people are buying a property for say one fifty, then we value it at one thirty, then then end mm. up buying it at one thirty five. That you know the they're paying much less or lower than they would have paid otherwise to the estate agent. So it's it, you, you really, it's a win-win in both situations. I mean, the first situation, you're, number one, you know you're buying the house at the right price. Mm-hmm. Number two, you've got a surveyor's report yeah. um, against any major defects. So you're covered in every angle. Nowadays, with just like cars now, service histories, you need all the reports under the sun. So you add them all up. Just when you come to sell it, it makes it easy to sell. Also, insurance purposes to get a survey done, you know exactly where, where you stand if there's any issues later on, mm-hmm. like subsidence. Sometimes an insurance company, the first thing they would ask is, well, if you make a subsidence claim, when you bought it, have you got any evidence that the problem wasn't already there beforehand? So really, a, sur- a survey has its roles and I think it's very I think for someone not to get a survey done is, is crazy yeah. yeah can you just explain yeah. to us you mentioned substance there yes. what is substance you know what are so, as well as that we'll go into some of the other things that you pick up the so substance is one, number one yeah substance is, um, is seems to be the main the main <laughs> main fear for most people buying yeah. properties they see a crack and they really subsidence is, is just the just the bearing capacity of soil in effect is like a 
broken drain or something, or a bit of, or the basically the foundation failure. In the olden days, when properties were built, the foundation depths would be around a foot. When nowadays you're looking at around at least a meter, which is current building regulations. Mm-hmm. So really, in effect, it's it's not end of the world if you get subsidence. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many ways to treat it. You just you can underpin it. They call it mass concrete underpinning, where you put concrete under the foundation to stabilize any further movement. Very very simple stuff. Also, you can overpin, whereby you're putting um, steel steel fixings um, across the property to mm-hmm. stabilize the property to prevent further movement. But again, if people have been out that with properties most of my life with subsidence, but it's not end of the world. It's not, I always think of it as buying a car, whereby the worst thing that can happen is the engine's blown up. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing is just change the engine. So as long as you've got a, the appropriate advice, um, good advice, then really you're safeguarded. But generally insurance companies' um, biggest fear is, is um is the underpinning underpinning and i know um it probably depends when it happened I, we bought a house one time before we moved to birmingham and when we lived in another city it was an old house it mm-hmm. was a beautiful mm-hmm. old house georgian house 100 years old but the substance happened they said more than 70 years ago and they said don't worry about it and while we were there for our 10 years that we lived there nothing ever happened to, to it uh, and it was only in the whole little bit down and, and that that I don't know why it sank down in that one area, but we never had any movement and uh, after that, so it just stayed the same way. <laughs> Absolutely, and I, I mean, some years <laughs> previously we surveyed properties in Adam Rock, mm. and I can mention some roads down there, but only cause a big alarm. <laughs> of course, there were some properties there that had no foundations, mm-hmm. and they're still standing up after a year. So really, um, it's one of those things. It's mm-hmm. you know. And, Occasionally, you'll see a major problem, but normally the, the mm. defects are there, and you can identify them over time. It doesn't really happen overnight. Yeah, all the signs are there. You'll see the cracking, yeah, ongoing movement. So there's nothing really to worry about. Just get, just get the right advice. Get the surveyor in. Get the surveyor in. Get the right yes. size. What to do next? Yeah. So after substance, what else should people be on the lookout for? What other things is major? I mean, the main the main fear I think in property tends to be um, simple things like dampness. Dampness, which is yeah. a pretty big mm. thing. It's not a structural defect as such, mm. but dampness is, seems to be a, a pretty popular issue with properties. If you look at structural issues, if people have taken out walls without or taken out chimney breasts without s- adequately supporting the the um, chimney, mm. they are normally issues. Substance could, could be issued. Normally, it's like all buildings move. Mm. There's no the earth is moving. Everything moves, mm-hmm. and so it's not a. Do, even if you look at skyscrapers, they move, move also no. with the wind. They're made to do that. So it's not end of the world if all properties will move. We move when we're, when we're 100 years old. <laughs> I wonder how we're going to look, but properties still standing up. So you know, Hopefully we'll still be standing up, inshallah, and inshallah. moving as well, inshallah. <laughs> inshallah, yes. <laughs> so um, so really, the, I think the issues are the, the main things that sometimes the, the roof, you'll have some issues. But generally speaking, I would say dampness seems to be a pretty issue which is not even as and dampness can happen either they say rising dampness or dampness can come through the wall okay so there's different dampness for the rising dampness coming from the floor floor yes if you haven't got a damp proof membrane yeah or you can get dampness coming straight through the wall Mm. um, if it's a solid brickwork which is normally nine inch Mm. or in the in the in the olden days they used to build brickwork interlocking um, they call it solid brickwork mm-hmm. with his no cavity. Mm-hmm. But in the last 30, 40 years, the cavity brickwork seems to be the most popular where there's a gap. Uh, uh, cavity brickwork is 11 inch, but there's a gap 
in between in the between, two lateral breaks, yeah, yeah, which really helps a lot. So you don't really see so much lateral dampness coming mm-hmm. through the walls. Mm-hmm. But you, you tend to see it more in the olden days. And also, dampness is lack of ventilation, mm. where people don't open the window. There's not an extractor fan in the mm. in the kitchen or inside the bathrooms, which is always a good idea to have one there. Or mm-hmm. open a window is, a, is the cheapest way mm-hmm. and the most effective way. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, yes. We, we hear a lot about dampness, mm-hmm. and it's usually from bad ventilation or people yeah. drying their clothes on radiators in the wintertime and things like that. that mm, yeah, the humidity, yeah. keep the ventilation there, then you're fine. Yeah, you're fine with no that. Issues. So dampness is something to be aware of. And I suppose, you know, that when you're calling about that rising dampness and coming in from outside, that might happen if, say, they had um, included uh, some outbuildings into the house and maybe they weren't insulated properly. It mightn't be in the whole house. It might be in a certain section of it. Well, dampness, the, the main cause of dampness, a rising dampness, they say, is um, due to a lack of a membrane, a dampproof mm-hmm. membrane or a dampproof course. Yeah. Um, in the olden days, dampproof membranes... Um, were not incorporated in floors. Mm. So the properties, like I was saying, over 30, 40 years old, that's where that would come into play. Also, um, you, but there's quite easy, straightforward remedies. You get damp-proof injection, mm-hmm. silicon injection that you can do. You have to strip off the plaster internally and strip, and you you just simply inject silicon across, across the walls, which will mm-hmm. prevent any further dampness coming in. And normally, you get, if you go to a good company, you'll get a 25-year warranty or a 10-year mm-hmm, warranty mm-hmm, depending mm-hmm. on the company. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not a major issue. Yeah, and uh, depending, I suppose, on the area, is that very costly if, if, you know, somebody that fell in love with the house, found that there is damp and that want to do this damp proofing around, is it very costly to have something like that done? Um, it all de- it depends on that. I wouldn't say it's it's a massive cost, but I'll give an indication of, of, of a simple wall. It can cost you um, a few hundred pounds depending on how bad the dampness is. Mm. But if you're in love with the house, everything is repairable in the house. <laughs> that's a good news. So I've mm. never seen a house that's actually fallen down, and I've seen a lot of structural issues in my time. Mm. But the dampness is, yeah, it's quite easily remedied. No okay. problem at all. Great. And other issues then. I remember one time also in that same lovely old house, we were told in our survey that we actually had some woodworm up in the attic. Okay, yeah, woodworm is, is quite interesting. One is woodworm, there's dry rot. Okay. There's, there's dry rot and there's wood rot. There's quite a few timber defects that can happen. Mm. Um, in the attic, it can happen. Wet rot, you tend to find on your skirting boards in wet areas, in windows, which is okay. wet, as the word says, it's wet rot. Okay. So you'll press it and it all feels damp. Okay, yeah. Dry rot is a worse one. Wow. It's a fungi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also um, can spread throughout the house. Dry rot is the worst one. Really? How would you recognize yes. that? How would you recognize Dry that? rot, again, survival would pick it up quite easily, but it's quite, if you push push your finger on it, mm. you, your finger will go straight through the woodwork. It's okay. It's very soft. And you, it feels dry, mm-hmm. and it's lost the integrity and the strength of the timber work. Right, that yeah. could be serious, where all that the timber be, work and yes. joists may have to be replaced. That, then. that could be one of the most serious mm. issues in a property, whereby I've seen um, seen areas where the whole house needs to probably come down, all the timber work needs to come back. It's all been affected quite badly. So that's much more serious than dampness. Mm. In effect, mm. it could be, but dampness has its own problems. But mm. dry rot is actually a very good point, Kathy. Mm. Made there, yeah. Well, um, you got woodworm. You mentioned also the woodworm was very easily yes. treatable. It actually yes. didn't cost very much. No, guys wouldn't. came in, did That's it, right. and that was it. Which you know, it sounded huge when you think woodworm. I have these worms yeah, in yes, my wood, no, and they're no, going no. to eat up yes. everything. But actually, yes. it was a very simple solution. No, it's very very simple. I think mm. our biggest probably fear, I'd say, is dry rot. Dry rot is to right. consider. Mm. But again, you get these timber dampness specialists. I would mm. recommend on, you know, in, in the past when surveys when we we were doing surveys in the past, mm. we recommend 
any any property over 30 years, we tend to recommend it really as often as possible. If we saw any evidence of any dampness, because mm-hmm. that is actually a pretty serious issue for the right. structure integrity. Yeah. Is a is a dry rot. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point you made there, Kath. Okay, so people need to be aware of that. So if that came up, this is, is a major yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, anything else that we can mention before we head into our break about major things? I, I know I suppose we bought and sold l- some houses. And uh, mm-hmm. another thing that came up from us, you probably don't hear about that very much, is asbestos. We actually oh. had asbestos in our house oh, and we weren't yeah. allowed to move in until it was removed. Well, asbestos is one of those materials which is very, very hazardous mm-hmm. if it's messed about with. Mm-hmm. Um, in the olden days, unfortunately, some 40 years before, it was used quite quite often often in a lot of industrial property, mm. houses mm. around, boilers, the piping, lagging. You find asbestos practically everywhere. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing about asbestos is getting an asbestos report and buying a properly qualified ex- professional. Number one, first thing you never do is start to poke it because the whole idea, the whole problem with asbestos is that it releases fibres into the into the air, which can go into your lungs and causes cancer down the road. So it's a very, mm. very dangerous substance. Mm. But if appropriately managed mm-hmm. it, it it's actually isn't that bad if it's managed properly by a professional meaning if you leave it intact mm-hmm. it tends to be one of the main solutions nowadays to leave it intact if possible mm-hmm. and don't don't basically don't disturb it that's the bottom mm-hmm. line but if you see any asbestos you a surveyor would pick it up in the survey report that's one more thing that could be mm-hmm. could make a detrimental impact to the market value of a property asbestos is a very good point there Kath. Oh, I yes. actually didn't think about that, that yes. that could reduce the market value. Oh, we weren't told yes. that by our survey because we oh. we probably didn't take your advice. We just got the recommended survey yes. by the estate agents. Oh, no, no. The, and, um, I mean, I could give you a list here now. I think that's, that's going to be on the next, uh, next programme mm. of all the things we can look out for. Mm. I've got big lists of items that you could look out for. Even a, a leaking gut can cause major dampness problems and silly things like that, which are very, very simple. Okay, well, we're going to come back to that after the break, inshallah. So, listeners, do tune in to us after the break because we've a lot still to go into here, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> 